Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medication safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust if you build it he will it's the city on sports podcast with Aaron Cow. I throw balls far you want good words data language talk real sports with a real man come after me I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Tuesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We've got all kinds of stuff. College football in the... Uh, coming what, halfway, three-quarter way through, I guess kind of two-thirds-ish. All kinds of stuff going on on and off the field we, we can discuss. Uh, Big 12 media rights deal was signed over the weekend. Dollar figures went up without Oklahoma and Texas in some ways. You see the fight or the assault in the tunnel after the Michigan State-Michigan game? Jim Harbaugh not happy about that, I can understand. Brian Harson got fired yesterday at Auburn. Who should be the next coach? We can talk about any of that at the end. Yeah, I, I won't let you choose whatever topic it is, or all of them. Uh, Me or a, the listener? You. Oh, cool. They'll just have to listen. Okay. Well, I mean, we have a text line if they want to. Uh, yeah, well, well, we got the text line. It's going to be blowing up for something else here oh. at the top of the show, I can promise you. This, it's, this one always works to get people texting. Uh, Oklahoma State, K-State, Oklahoma, Iowa State. Some questions uh, coming out of those games. First college football rankings. Uh, the playoff rankings come out tonight. Uh, and then we'll get your top ten, Jared, in college. Football, we'll wrap up the NFL week. Midway point of the season. How many teams do you think can win the Super Bowl? Who's the MVP? Who do you think will have a better say? Who's coming? Who 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 is the arrow you think might be pointed up in the second half of the season versus – Who's faltering? Who? Which? Which teams where the arrow maybe be pointing down? Halloween was last night. Halloween has never been one of my favorite holidays by any stretch of the imagination. Matter of fact, it's down there toward the bottom. Wow! But it's starting to climb just a little bit for one reason. As I get older, I'm anxious to hear why, and I'll tell you why, and then we can start talking about that reason and, and get the text flying in. Two two five nine six nine eight is the phone or the text line. Two two five nine six nine eight. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in at two two five nine six nine eight. If you're going to be outside the listening area, you can always stay in touch with us. K a d s a m dot com has a live stream. You can do it that way. You can do it on the Paragon app. Listen through. Uh, the Paragon app, three radio stations, got the Penny News, brand new edition of the Penny News. We'll hit the website at midnight tonight. Also, uh, Big Elk TV, Paragon TV, programming note, Big Elk TV, as I mentioned at the end of the show yesterday, that game has been changed. Elk City, John Marshall will now be a Thursday night game 
instead of Friday night due to the impending severe weather that's being forecast uh, starting overnight Thursday all the way through Saturday. So Elk City and John Marshall, that game will be Thursday, 7 o'clock, Big Elk Stadium, the regular season finale before the playoffs get going uh, the following week. Also, former Big Elk, former Elk City, and Josh Swicky was going to be out here calling the game for John Marshall. Really? Turn, yes, he was going to be here Friday. Turns out now with the switch, he's got a different game already scheduled. Oh, darn. So he's not going to make it out Thursday, but he is going to be on the show at 9.30. Maybe give us an idea about – about No, on Thursday. Oh, I see. Okay. Thursday at 9.30, give us an idea about what John Marshall's got uh, coming out here and also uh, cool. just kind of update what he's doing, where he's at. Um, and, and so uh, Swicky's going to be on 9.30 on Thursday um, to, to speak a little bit about the John Marshall uh, game. I've also a little insight there. I was just wondering the other. I was just thinking the other day. Last time we've had someone on, I think was Dennis. Yeah. With the red tornadoes, it's nice to get the other side's uh, view. That's right. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have that nine thirty uh, on Thursday. Skinny on Sports podcast is available kadsam.com, also iTunes. All right, Jared, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thank goodness for all that candy. I may have dipped into a Reese's or two this morning. Did you? <laughs> Because it was, uh, well, it's Halloween, a little later night than than usual. How are you? I'm good. See, I, I've never been much of a, a Halloween guy at I, all. I, I just... Uh, even like as a, a kid? Even as a kid. Really? You got free candy? You didn't like that? Well, I mean, that there's the candy part of it, which is fine. Yeah. But I just got a text. It's like I was I wasn't really into Halloween either because I didn't have the imagination to get the cool... That's exactly why I never had... The cool thoughts of being the cool costume. I couldn't come up with the cool stuff. You know what I mean? Okay. So and and, and you just, weren't one that would like to go and just buy one. You didn't like that. Well, I mean, but I mean, how many cool costumes do you just go buy? It's kind of you know. Sure. Especially in our day, back in the day, it's kind of the cheap way out, right? And not anyhow. So I just never really liked it. To the point where it was one of my very least favorite holidays. I mean, down there at the very bottom. I'm starting to turn around a little bit on Halloween. Are you now? And here's why. Why is that? I now get the good part of Halloween without having to go through the effort. The good part of Halloween is the daddy tax on the candy. There, that's exactly, yeah. That's how I started my the day. The daddy yeah. tax on the candy. Yeah. And it's even more, and here's the thing about our in our house, that daddy tax means something a little bit different because why it's allergic to nuts, oh, peanuts oh. especially. So you got to make sure. So I got to make sure that the Reese's and the Snickers and the peanut M and M's I got you are out of there, and you can't have them. I got you. And it just so turns out, and so, and so I, I know everybody out there that's a parent. Last night, when the when the kids got home and everything settled down, and started going through, let's what you get. Let's look at the candy. Right. Everybody's got a top couple of things they wanted to see in that pile of candy. That's right. I know everybody does. Two two five nine six nine eight. I know you do. And so it just so happens that if I could make a top three, and even if I stretch that out to maybe four. Every everything that I would put in that list, he can't have. Oh, okay. So that works 
perfectly. So for me, no, number one. So it's perfect for you because he doesn't feel bad. That that's you're right. Taking, yeah, I'm like, not oh, taking the good stuff. He's protecting me. The only so person, gonna... the only person that feels that way a little bit is his mother because she her. I think her number one is the same as mine. But my number one, <laughs> the number one thing I'm looking for, without a doubt, not just because of his allergy, but because it's my favorite candy, is I'm looking for an orange wrapper in there. And I'm looking for a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Yep, I mentioned that. Just that's yes. top. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking yes. for. Oh, I don't care if it's the full size, the mini ones, uh, the, any kind, any yeah. any Reese's. I'm looking, and I'm I can't wait for that to be on the be in there. Number two, I'm looking for a Snickers. Snickers are good. I love Snickers. Uh, the the nougat, the caramel, the nuts, and the chocolate. I love it. And then number three, and when, I was shocked last night that I did not find these peanut M and M's. You didn't find any of those. I did not. I found M&M's, but not peanut M&M's. Hmm. And then I asked him, I was like, well, so did you just uh, not get those? And he goes, no, no, I just didn't get any. So peanut M&M's, a few others that I would, just below, Reese's Pieces, Milky Way, Starburst and Skittles. Yeah, I'm more of a chocolate guy. So Reese's are, are my number one. And I do like Snickers, too. Snickers are good. It's a perfect... Uh, uh, mixture of chocolate and caramel and peanuts and nougat. What's nougat anyways? I don't know. <laughs> it's delicious though. It is good. It Snickers. I don't know what it is, but it's delicious. Yeah. I, 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 I've always been a fan of Halloween. Always it, up to the point, but it, there's a lot, there's a period there where, you know, you're a kid and you go trick or treating. And then there's a, a one Halloween where you go trick or treat and you go, I might be too old for this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're going there, knocking on the door and, you feel kind of silly. So then you just you turn into that, well, let's just run around with my friends. Let's just hang out with my friends. So, but now it's fun because now you watch your kids do it. You watch your kids go and do that. And you take your kids trick-or-treating. It's a lot of fun over there in Canute. Canute always seems like it, they do it big. And there's always a ton of people running around. It's always fun for me. It's it's Now the question is, where does it rank for me? My all-time favorite holiday is always going to be 4th of July. Ah, interesting. Always is because it's for what it means. Yeah. It, my favorite season is summer, fireworks, hot dogs, swimming, cold brews, baseball on the tube, the hot dog eating contest in the morning. I love it. I've always loved 4th of July. Then my second has it. I've always kind of, uh, I don't know. I've always kind of questioned what is my second. And I thought, because I was. Think about last night, and it occurred to me, this is my second favorite holiday, is Halloween, for all those that I mentioned, because now I have kids, and I can watch them go and trick-or-treat and watch the joy in their face. It was fun. They dumped out all their candy on the living room floor and counted it. <laughs> I got uh, this many. How many did you get? It was like a competition for them. And we always cook chili, and it turns into uh, Frito chili pies, and have friends over. You go to the right house, and you get uh, you, you get yourself a treat from from good people. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. we you know? supply we supply those treats for a couple <laughs> last night as well. But last night it was really uh, the weather was perfect. It wasn't cold. It wasn't too hot, and it just looked like something out of a movie. You had the the trees still with the brown and gold leaves on them, some on the ground. It looked like something from a movie. It was cool. I, I, I so that Halloween shot up to number two on my list. Solid number two is uh, Halloween, but 4th of July is always going to be number one. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I noticed something I was in. I know what your number one is. Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah, I know that. I love Thanksgiving. 
I love the food of Thanksgiving, uh, the football of Thanksgiving. Sure. Yeah. You know, the it just I love Thanksgiving. It's, it's for sure my favorite. Um, always, always kind of has been because you know, even as a kid, it was like you got to go to two different places in one day. Yeah, you know, for go for lunch on then each side. Yeah. yeah, on each yeah. side of the of, of you know my my folks' family. Right, and, and <clears throat> for a long time, it was like where and everybody got together. Yeah, you know, a huge amount. I mean, of a people. lot of times that's the only time you see some family. That's right. Is yeah, that Thanksgiving day. is yeah, for sure. Thanksgiving, my Christmas, but yeah, but Halloween or Halloween. Another reason you don't have to buy a bunch of presents. Candy's not terribly expensive. I mean, it's it's just a fun holiday for me. Wes is with fun one. Wes is with us. Snickers, Reese's, peanut butter cups, Twix. We've Twix got, are good. We've got payday. Payday. I I like payday. Monty milk duds. Nah, not milk duds. That's the you know it's interesting that uh, Monty put that because we got home <clears throat> and I'm sure Wyatt had already ate some stuff. We got home and the first thing he grabbed out of there was milk duds. Was the milk duds? Yeah, he mowed down some milk duds. Also yeah. Heath bar. I didn't see Heath bar. You know it was it was interesting. I didn't see peanut M and M's. I only saw one Hershey's chocolate bar. Hmm. We got we got one of those some somewhere. I like the homemade stuff when you go when you know because that's what I was my about kids to say. Were saying hey we got to go to so and so's house because she told us at school that her mom's making popcorn popcorn balls. okay I noticed that last night and I don't know if this is a Canusian thing that's always it feels like it's kind of always happened this way so Will's aunt popcorn balls she said she made a hundred of them are you talking about Ashley tell me a last name. I don't remember. Or, or, uh, Adams, is that her name now? Oh no, no, not I. No, we she didn't made go. like eighty something you of know, them. We didn't even get that side of town. It's a. Uh, we should have. I wish I'd known that. No, we. Um, it was someone else. That was kind of down the road from us. So Bubba McCree made ninety of them. So our pop. I guess popcorn balls are a thing at the. I guess the the Canusian Halloween festivities. Kids love them. Yeah, I mean, my my kids had it mapped out. They was like, "Go, we got to go to this house. They have popcorn balls." Like, all right, let's go. Yeah. There's a house there in Canute. They do it really big in their lawn. It was right down. I saw it. It was Caddy Corner from us. Bradley, wasn't it? Shravinka. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is right. So that's where you were at. Yeah. We were, of course, we had to go to the, they call it the spooky house. Mm-hmm. They, it was right there. I could see They it. do it up big. It's fun. fun. It's always fun. It's turned into a fun holiday for us. I, I enjoy it more now that I can steal the chi- the children's candy that actually have to go around and <laughs> walk around and get it. Speaking of uh, fun times, I got we got before we move on oh, yeah. to the topics of the show. I got to give a birthday shout out to my second born child, James. James Caroline is six years old today. Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy, Happy birthday. birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday to you! And how special would it have been if she was born on Halloween? That would have been a lot more fun. Not more fun, but you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, happy birthday! She's six years old. She is completely opposite from her big sister, which is great. And she challenges me every day. And I wouldn't have it any other way. You want a kid that challenges you. So I think it's a good attribute for her. And I love her. Can't uh, wait to watch her grow up. So happy birthday to my youngest, James. Happy birthday, James. Happy birthday. One of these days when she walks in this radio station, she might actually look and say, hi, Aaron. I think one day she almost did. She, she stopped. Almost, yeah, she, she didn't just she blow by. She just stopped and kind of... Kind of smirked at you. Looked and went, yep, yeah. not going to say hi to you. <laughs> not yet. We'll see you. 
All right, NFL last night, the Browns just trounced the Bengals. Kind of the uh, week eight ender. So halfway point of the season-ish. I know there's 17 games now, but whatever. Halfway point of the season. At this point right now, how many teams do you think can make it to the Super Bowl? I wrote down four. Okay. Four of them. Where's my list? There we go. Uh, Chiefs, Bills. Easy top two. I threw the Eagles in there. I'm starting to believe. I kept waiting for them to slip up, but they look solid. More of a solid team each week, and Jalen Hurts is playing at a high level. And I might be a little homerish here, but right on the Eagles' heels are the Cowboys. With the, uh, they were challenged. I mean, they got a nice lead against Chicago. Chicago came back, so they were challenged. And you just in 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 the past, you've seen the Cowboys kind of wilter in that situation. But then Dak, uh, and of course, Pollard looked great. I think Dak is is a difference maker now that he's back, and I think he did kind of settle in last Sunday or yeah, yeah Sunday. So I got them um, like a like a distant fourth team, but I think the solid three teams: Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, and then I think the Cowboys can challenge. I'm but gonna, it's gonna be hard. To, I mean, <clears throat> eBay outside the AFCs. But anyways, th- that's my four. How I've about got you? six. You put six. I've got five that I can name you, and there's going to be another. Uh, same four, and also San Francisco. I, I think that McCaffrey trade, as long as he can stay healthy, the defense, that offense, it, it, they just, man, they looked scary good in that second half, just kind of dismantling the Rams on the road um, last Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. So I've got the 49ers, the 49ers, Philly, Dallas, and the NFC, Kansas City, Buffalo, and the AFC. And then a question mark on who the sixth team is. I think there will be somebody that gets its act together. Uh, was yesterday's trade for Baltimore acquiring Roquan Smith. How big a difference can that make for the for the uh, Ravens? You know, they're gosh, the Ravens are five and three. And there's certain ways where you could think, golly, they could be three and five. In other ways, they could be six and one, seven and one, because of the way they've blown some of those losses, or blown some of those leads in losses. You know, yeah. the, the the Dolphins come to mind in that game, blowing that game. Uh, so is it them? Dolphins, maybe? It, Tua getting kind of staying around? Could it be them? Nobody wants to talk about the Titans, but there they are, five and two. They've we're won gonna, five we're gonna, straight. We're going to talk about them coming <laughs> yeah, up. You know, uh, if if L.A., the Chargers, could ever get healthy, I think they're a team that, that their record is 4-3 and three more because look at the stars that they've lost time with. It, it, just, it seems like every year Baltimore and, and the Chargers are the two teams that the, the injury bug hits their, their best players because so could it be them, one of, you know, there's a team 6-1 and one that nobody even cares about. Minnesota? Minnesota, the Vikings. Is it because nobody trusts Kirk Cousins? You know, Jim and I were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, you've got Philly, Dallas, San Francisco. Minnesota's right there. That Everyone's going to immediately say, and I said it myself, well, how much does anybody trust Tur- uh, Kirk Cousins? You know, there's that stat out there in primetime games where he's 2 and 11 or whatever that is. But look at the quarterbacks in the NFC of the teams that you think are, are, are the true contenders. Jimmy G, yeah, I mean, he's led his team to a Super Bowl. Was in the NFC Championship game just a year ago. A whole bunch of people putting a lot of faith in Jimmy G. Hell, the 49ers didn't. 
start the season. The only reason he's playing because <laughs> guy got hurt. So you got him. What has Jalen Hurts done to to earn anybody's trust in a playoff situation? Nothing. Dak, what's Dak done? Not not a lot. One one game. Is that it? Yeah, one. And then there you have Kirk Cousins. So it's it's an interesting kind of changing of the guard year, seemingly at the quarterback spot in the NFC. And then we didn't even mention the West leader, which we all thought was going to be the best division in football, Geno Smith. Huh. You know, it's it, it's yeah. so it's a somebody either either one of the two old guard in the in the the Bucks or the Packers are going to get things together, and then they're they're going to have what you would think would be a pretty decided advantage at quarterback in any playoff game they play as far as experience and, and success. Or it's going to be somebody doing it for the first time. Or, or maybe it's just Jimmy G there. So I, I think it's an interesting race. But I, I, I've got those five teams I can name you, and then I think there's going to be somebody else that will be there um, to be a real, a real factor in making it to the Super Bowl. And for me, it almost has to come out of one of these NFC teams because – I just don't know if anybody, barring injury, if anybody can can unseat the Bills and the Chiefs. Yeah, that's why I put Bills and Chiefs at the tippy top. That's why I, my list, I guess, was a little smaller because of that. Yeah. You know, because of the well, road that those teams would have to go through, and a lot of those teams would have to go through those two teams. So that that's why I I kind of kept it. I, I narrowed it down right there. I kind of put you know two out of the you know each division and we'll see what happens but um those teams are capable and in those teams you mentioned are as well and that kind of leads into our next question about let's let's go to who who's going and coming then right, we'll finish with exactly MVP, yeah. exactly well that's what i was going to go with you know mm-hmm. who's coming lead us into that i mean coming to the this last half of the season who's who's i guess stock is up and whose stock is down i put the chargers it's coming up just because mm. if they get it, it's all but it's all about health Right. Get guys back. Get guys back in the lineup. Get healthy, and and I think that's a team that's that's better than what they've shown. This may be prisoner of the moment just because of what happened last night. But the Browns are three and five. The defense looks fantastic in, in some days, and some days it doesn't. But they've also got Deshaun Watson coming back in a couple of weeks. Now here's their problem. They've got. Lawsuits against? Oh, not that. Oh, yeah. Oh. By week. So that's week nine. He, he'll come back to play the Bucks, but the two games they have, so they're three and five now. You'd think they'd need to be maybe five and five, four and six at worst, with him coming back to play the last, what would that be? Seven games of the year. To really make a difference in making the playoffs, maybe winning the division. But they go to Miami and to Buffalo. The two weeks prior, at three and seven, he's not going to be able to make that much difference. So if they, but if they can split, and then all of a sudden we see, of course, we don't know what it's going to be. He hasn't played in so long. Who the heck knows what Sean Watson looks like? But that was a team that I thought, you know what, looking for an AFC team, could it be them if Deshaun Watson comes back and the guy that that everybody saw play football? the last time he was able to really play football. Hard to buy into that because it's been a long time since right. we've seen him play football. There's a lo- It takes time. And this is a, a different level of football where you just don't have the luxury of playing a middle Tennessee state to warm up against. So I, that's hard for me to buy into that. I, I 
maybe because I just don't like the guy and oh, I don't yeah, like the sure. situation. I'm sick of the Browns and how they did all this. So I'm just hoping that it's the you know hope they just tank. But um, they might not need them the way they played last night. Sure. Um, coming up for me, um, you mentioned Tennessee. I mean, I wrote them off before the season even started as a team that, that might have a coach in the hot seat, and they started 0-2, and, and I was feeling pretty good about that prediction. And then here they are at 5-2, and two, leading their division, uh, second in the uh, playoff race, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because their conference record's better than Kansas exactly, City's right now. Yeah. So there they are again. Um, and then you mentioned Baltimore. I think them too, that trade yesterday, does that help them out defensively and uh, and um, make them a, a contender, I guess? Uh, team's going down. Want to go there? Yeah. Um, the New Yorks, still not buying them. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not buying into this, mainly because of what's left on their schedule. And I actually did homework here. The Jets, they uh, they have two games left with the Bills. Of course, one in Buffalo. The rest of these three tough games are on the road. Vikings, Seahawks, Dolphins. That's uh, that's going to be hard to navigate for me. Giants, of course, they got to go to the Cowboys. They they host the Eagles at the Vikings, at the Eagles. And I'll even throw the Colts in there. This might be a tough game towards the end of the year. I think that's on New Year's Day. Not buying in on New York. And Man, I might be a little recent here, but I've got to be worried about Cincy. Yeah, I got them too. That offensive line was just decimated last. I mean, you if you wondered if Joe Burrow was going to make it out alive. Mm. And then you don't have Chase four to six weeks. I'm I'm the same way. I have I have Cincinnati on the going down list myself. I because of the injury and because of that offensive line. Thought they thought they had it fixed in the offseason. They clearly did not. Uh Jets are on my list as well. I you just Zach Wilson. Ugh. I've never been a fan, you know just, that. I just—it's too—it's way too. I mean, he's just not. It ain't gonna happen. And then, as a division leader, a team that I don't think there's any way they end up winning that division. And if they do, it's an indictment on Tom Brady specifically. Atlanta, come on, man. <laughs> Atlanta, <laughs> don't see it. Yeah. So I think that's a team that'll be headed uh, with the arrow pointed down. Um, throughout the second half of the season. Who you got uh, halfway point? Me To me, MVP race is a three-person race. Well, if you're asking me who the MVP is at the halfway point, mm-hmm. it doesn't change who I think is going to be the MVP at the end of the year. But who I think has performed at an MVP level in his team's record definitely shows that. And I think you know what I'm going to talk about is Jalen Hurts. I think at this point of the season – he is he has been the most valuable player on a team in in all the teams in the league. See, I've got him there. I've got him in the three because he is the quarterback of an undefeated team. I I think in in my mind, he's he's a distant third behind the first two. And that's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Josh Allen. I can't disagree with that. Josh I, Allen's I, been unbelievable going into Kansas City and and winning that game. Mahomes, I think you're seeing an offense. Not not a lot of people would have thought an offense that's almost more scary without Tyreek Hill than with him. Yeah, it, you know, I, the, I, I that's guess that's why he wasn't on a lot of people's MVP list because they didn't know what that offense was going to look like. Not disrespecting him, it was like, you know, you lost Ty- Tyreek Hill. What do we know about this offense? It's hard to put put uh, Mahomes on that list, but I think it's clear Mahomes makes that offense go 
we were finding that out. And he's playing quarterback differently and probably more technically sound than he did before, just firing it down to Tyreek or Travis Kelsey or what have you. You know, that his 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 weapons were subtracted and they and they're almost better, whereas for Jalen, his you know, obviously AJ Brown being added to that list of, of receivers makes them incredibly uh dangerous. But I, I think Jalen Hurts is gonna get a lot of love, as he should. I mean, he's playing fantastic, don't get me wrong. But it's also the novelty of it, the surprise of it. We knew Mahomes and Allen were going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, just, you you didn't know what to what degree, but you knew those guys were going to be good. Hertz is a little bit of an anomaly, a little bit of a surprise. I think that'll definitely help him garner. And listen, if he continues on the way he is, I, I just think there's going to be some sort of regression at some point back to what we think, or at least what I think he really is. Maybe that doesn't happen. And if it doesn't, yeah, I mean, he's li- he's liable to be right there in, in, in the running for the MVP. But if you just – I mean, who here, who listening, who in this room, if you said, okay, you have to have one quarterback to win a game, is anybody really picking Jalen Hurts over Mahomes or Allen? Yeah, and it would be real. I mean, are, are yeah. you? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's no, what I'm no, saying. I, no, I'm not, no. It, and I agree. I'm He's saying, the perfect yeah, I agree guy. with what you're saying. He's it, the perfect guy for that team or at least the way that they've – and give the coaching staff credit, Nick Sirianni and everybody over there. They have tailored that offense to his strengths. And that's what you're supposed to do of course, in the NFL. And they've done it masterfully for Jalen Hurts and given him just the easiest path to be successful because they're using his strengths. It'd be nice – now, looking at the record, it'd be nice if there was a game – you know, an Eagles versus Chiefs or Bills game, but there's not maybe in the playoffs. Uh, Super Bowl, but that yeah. has to be a Super Bowl. But and by then the MVP is already announced. It's good that would help clear it up, right? Yeah, it could. You know, you know what I'm saying. Usually that's how it works, or not usually, but it kind of helps uh, the opinion. But but no, I mean all those are are worthy candidates. But to, as far as what the question is, halfway point, I no one saw the Eagles being undefeated at this point. And he's playing a good good brand of football. So yeah, he is. I'm that's why I got him as Man. because we knew about Josh Allen. We knew about Patrick Mahomes. They were gonna be they were preseason MVP candidates. Hertz wasn't. I gotta give him some love here. Doesn't that, change who I think is gonna be at the end of the year. That schedule's brutal. For the Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah, they got No, I, I yeah. mean brutally easy. Oh, brutally easy? Yes. I thought they said No, this is they're going to end up playing what four playoff teams? I wish when they put these schedules out, you could see what the opponent's record is. Oh, there is. I mean, Texans win, Washington win, at Indy win, hosting the Packers on a Sunday night. Man, what happened to the Packers? Philly's strength of strength Tight. of schedule so far. 444. That's winning percentage of their opponents. Oh, okay. Just look, look, for instance, in the same division, Dallas is 50, uh, 508. So, anyhow, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, Hertz. Hertz is going to be in the conversation. There's no doubt about it. Yep. Yep, they keep winning. 
he you keeps playing the way the, he, yeah, 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 when he keeps playing the way he plays. I guess maybe I'm looking at it more of a who would you want as opposed to who's doing what. I see what you're saying. Through the season. Through the I'm more reactionary. You're more, I see. We'll be back. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main street milk city i'm rodney skinner with paul jones drug and i promise we provide care you can trust the skinny on sports welcome back skinny on sports 98.1 fm the sports animal it is a paul jones drug tuesday rodney skinner at paul jones drug 809 north main street in elk city paul jones drug is the oldest compounding pharmacy in elk city Got free do- uh, free local delivery, drive through pickup, curbside testing and vaccinations. Just imagine you can just fly through there and get you a flu shot. Not necessarily have to go in, but you want to go in. Check out all the gifts and the greeting cards. Most insurances are accepted. Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main in Elk City. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. Right here in the Elk City area, we'll tell you all about them as we move along throughout the show. All right, Jared, college football, uh, we got into it just a tick yesterday, but not a ton. Uh, give me your thoughts. Let's go back uh, to to Saturday. Start with the bad, and the bad was Oklahoma State in that blowout loss, 48 nothing to Kansas State. Uh, just your thoughts, and then how much trouble is OSU really in? Well, they're in big trouble if Rattler is not 100%. Rattler? Uh, Rattler. You know why I said Rattler? Because I was looking at bowl projections, and someone put Oklahoma with South Carolina in a bowl. Oh, there you go. Uh, Sanders. I got my, see, even Rattler's gone, I still get my Spencer's turned around. Spencer, San, blah. The Reese's is wearing off. Um, if he is not 100%, I'd be very concerned if I'm OSU. If, if he is utilized to death to his legs, there are going to be better teams that can defend that and force him to throw it when they don't want to. I don't think we're ever going to know if he's 100% or not. Um, but I would be concerned. And defensively, I, I that's just still mind-boggling to me how uh, there's little little resistance to Kansas. You expect? I mean, I knew we knew Kansas State was going to be good, but we expected a better ball game than that and a little bit more resistance on the defensive side, especially against the rush. Disappointed in that. So I'm I'm concerned. I'm concerned if I'm OSU. And, you know, I kind of had the same feeling coming out of the OU-Texas game. Like, man, where are the wins? My goodness, what's going on? And then, you know, those those have been kind of settled down with a couple wins from OU. So OSU needs to go back to the drawing board, bounce back next week, and, um, you know, get in, hopefully get a win and then look forward to Bedlam. But I'm, I'm concerned if, if, again, it goes back to, to Sanders. If he is not 100%, uh, because the rushing game has been a disappointment. So, and then who do you got behind Sanders? Gundy uh, or Gundy? Garrett Rangel. Who? Right? Garrett I, Rangel. I, don't, yeah. I know. I'm just, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. It's amazing how similar. Jim mentioned this yesterday a couple of times with us and then on his show. But it's amazing how similar Oklahoma and Oklahoma State look now 
versus a couple of weeks ago coming out of the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. There might not be two more valuable people in college football than Spencer Sanders and Dylan Gabriel. And Oklahoma State, as far as where they're at, they're screwed if, if Spencer Sanders can't play. Yeah. And that's why having him in a 41 to nothing beatdown on the road and maybe getting him hurt is so ridiculous. Those guys, those coaches, and Mike Gundy and his staff had to have known, have to know how important and how vital Spencer Sanders is to any success that Oklahoma State can continue to have the rest of the season. And to put that in jeopardy down 41 to nothing, I don't care if he's a competitor. It doesn't, it almost goes back to a little bit of what we talked about last football season with Baker Mayfield and the Browns. At some point, the organization has to protect the kid, has to protect the player from themselves. And that, and you know, Gundy kind of admitted that they probably should have done it or whatever. You know, it's always that, well, we probably should have done it, but no, no, you should have done it. There's no probably to it. You're not winning that game. He's not affecting the outcome of that game. You, you can't let that happen. That cannot happen. You know, and that, there, that was a constant drumbeat of criticism in the, in the Bob Stoops era and something we never really saw come back to bite him. But how many times did you come out of the going? What are we? What is he doing? <clears throat> Get J- Jason White's got fake knees in both sides. Get him out of there. <laughs> it's fifty-three to nothing, or you know whatever it was. Get him out of the game. You can't afford to lose him because what's next? Oh, a Paul Thompson that's never played a football game. You know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what. And, and unfortunately, we we saw it maybe come to fruition if Sanders isn't isn't able to play because. It's hard to imagine, even with KU losing the the last, what, three in a row, Jalen Daniels, quarterback, appears like he may be back. And all of a sudden, it's isn't it kind of hard to imagine Oklahoma State being able to go to Kansas and winning without Sanders? It's hard to see. It is hard to see. It's hard to see. Question on the text line, do you think that's just – competitive edge i don't care it, it, there's no there's no competitive edge down 41 nothing the co- the competition is over now it's about getting ready to compete again next week i mean what, what okay if you come back and you make it 41 14 is that showing some kind of uh, who cares oh we didn't quit well you know what you didn't win either and you got your quarterback hurt Right I mean, at some point, and forty-one nothing is that point. And even Gundy admitted, like, okay, yeah, we probably should have had him out of there a series or two before. And, yeah, when he answered that question, when he was asked about, uh, I think it was post game, when he was asked about pulling up, pulling him out, and he mentioned, he said that Sanders, he's a competitor, he's a fighter, and I'm, I'm thinking. No, Gundy, that's you. Well, I mean, he, and that's, no, you're speaking through him. That's you. You're you're wanting to be, be you're wanting to show we're not going to quit, even though we're down this much. I'm going to keep him in there. We're going to score. We're going to keep fighting. Yeah, that's that's so what little, the question little, little is from a coach and yeah. from a coach's side of it. But it's also him. Listen, those the, there's no doubt that that team goes and follows Spencer Sanders. So just all you have to do is go back, watch what happens, watch what happens. As soon as 
TCU scores the touchdown in double overtime to win the game. And fans start rushing on the field. Watch what happens. You know what happens? Three offensive linemen surround Spencer Sanders walking off the, the field because they're protecting their leader, right? Yeah. They're not going to allow fans to get – you know what I'm saying? Just, it's amazing how fast it happened. Like, they had his back. And they do that much. I mean, he is he is the heart and soul of that team. There's no doubt about that. But it, but that doesn't make any difference when you're down 41 nothing in the fourth quarter. That, that heart and soul of the team, you know, you know what should have happened? Mike Gundy protect him from himself the way that those offensive linemen protected him walking off the field with people going crazy at TCU. Unfortunately, he didn't. And now there's question marks about whether or not he can play. I mean, I get the mentality and I get the mindset, and there's no doubt that that, that, that is a it's a positive mindset to have that we're never going to quit and, and all that. And you, know, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. I'm not questioning having that mindset right. whatsoever. But there's also a realistic part of this that has to come into play when you have a guy that's that vitally important to your team and they have to know that that's the truth they're at practice every they have to know that's true and that's no offense to his son or Garrett Rangel but Oklahoma State isn't doing anything without Spencer Sanders they're not and that's where that was such a, a poor decision. And it's and it's a poor decision. It's not a hindsight poor decision where, oh, it's just because he got hurt. No, no, no. We've ripped we've ripped coaches for years talking about how lucky they got to not get somebody hurt, having people out there too long. And that's in wins. Much less in a loss where and, and, and maybe that's the difference where it you know, it doesn't occur to you. I mean, I guarantee you, Jared, if it's 41 nothing the other way, don't you think Gundy's in there? Oh, of course. Because we've seen it before this year. What game? What? One of the FCS yeah. whatever yeah, schools. The, uh, uh, well, the Michigan, was it Central Western Michigan, Central Michigan, whoever that was? I don't remember. They put him in, and all of a sudden they had to put him back out there because the defense couldn't stop right. him. But yeah, yeah. If it fits the other way around, absolutely, you're seeing seeing Gundy or, or the other guy. Yeah, it's just it's just the way it went, and and it's something that has been talked about ad, ad nauseum for years in blowout wins. What are you doing? But it's the same thing in a loss, and unfortunately, it might hinder uh, what's coming up for OSU the rest of the year. Oklahoma, on the other hand. Um, they did what they had to do. They had to win that game in Iowa State. Uh, the the offense started out really moving the ball. I think uh, Iowa State did some adjusting. We're going to hit the one big play to Farouk in the second half to kind of put it put things to keep Iowa State at arm's length. But the story coming out of that game had to have been the performance of Oklahoma's defense, only giving up thirteen, um, really causing turnover, three interceptions of, of Hunter Decker's. But here's the overarching question. Was that more a function of OU's offense or OU's defense or Iowa State's offense? Yeah, that's a good question. I I'd like to think a little of both. Um, the offense just kind of played into what the defense wanted to do. Um, you know, Deckers is I think he's going to be a fine quarterback eventually, but he's not there yet. And I think OU's scheme against him was you know I think Jim said it yesterday. You know, just 
not allowing him time to throw it because, I mean, he's playing the quarterback position at the D1 level. If he has time, he can make the throw. And so there's some stuff there that we saw schematically I think was really good. The run D was great uh, to force him to, to have to throw and then throw in those schemes. And I So I think it's a little bit of both. If it was a better offense, it would have been a not maybe a different result, but um, a little bit more interesting game. But um, I think I, what I took away from it was that was a glimpse of what I think Venables wants to evolve that defense into. You know, and he's using with what he's got, and he's finding those pieces, and maybe he's still learning where to put certain guys in different places. But, um, you know, and then we saw the interceptions and, the, you know, that, that pressure forced those those interceptions and, and everything. That's what I took away from it. I think it was the perfect opponent to get a glimpse of what that defense can be in the future under Venables. But to answer your question, I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was uh, Iowa State's ineptability to, to really move the football. And um, OUSD, I think, played a little better. A little better. Was it the best we've seen them since maybe Nebraska? Maybe. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you're question. comparing the two games, I mean, who, what was the better? You know, they they got the three picks at, at Iowa State. You know, that's always a tough environment. You know, they did what they did at, at Nebraska. But uh, again, to answer your question, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, kind I, of a kind of a cop out answer. But the rush D, the the rushing defense was the key. Yeah, it was great. Twenty seven carries, sixty six yards. That's after giving up well over two hundred a game in the conference and, and by far the worst rush defense in the conference to only give up 66 yards on 27 carries 2.4 a rush that made Iowa State one dimensional and it made them throw it 57 times I mean that's that that can't have been the game plan for Matt Campbell's crew going into that game and it's it's going to be no matter who you're playing on what level if you if you're if you rush for three times more yards than your opponent which is about what OU did on Saturday, you're going to win a ton of those games. And so, yeah, the rushing defense was the the bright spot for sure. Iowa State's offense is the worst in the Big 12. So we'll see. It's definitely – at least to, at least the you could say this about OU's defense. No matter how bad Iowa State's offense is, they, they had guys in the way. They had guys where they needed to be in order to execute and, and make those interceptions. So that that's a positive, but I don't know how much more we can take away from this looking forward, just yeah. because of the difference in Iowa State's offense versus everybody else in the conference. It's just so much worse. We'll start to get an idea about that with Baylor coming to town. Yeah, and do, then, of course, it, do it against Baylor at right. home. And then you got West Virginia, and then you got Tech and no SU. Right. I mean, you're you're, you're going to have against, a lot tougher yeah. challenges. Do it against better offenses, and and quite frankly, uh, in in tougher uh, environments, Morgantown, Lubbock. Yeah, yeah, and then Baylor do, and Oklahoma State at home. And yeah, do it against those better offenses. Then, but I like I. That's why I kind of go back to saying I think we saw a glimpse of what Venables wants to achieve with that defense. Yeah. On Saturday, and once he gets his guys there, we might see more of that in the future. Hopefully. Uh, college football playoff rankings tonight. Who do you think will be number one? Well, I, I you said it off air. I don't want to steal your thunder. I'll give you a lot of credit. I think it's it could be Tennessee because of what they've done. That committee looks at that. Like, what have they earned? What have they done in Tennessee? They've they have some impressive wins against ranked opponents. I mean, even last week was in a, they blew out Kentucky. Kentucky was a darling for a little bit, and they're still a good team. 
Tennessee's just a better team, a way better team. And so I think they'll open it up. I, I can seriously see them being the number one team. I, I can too. I, I think it seems like this these first couple of polls, they almost want to trick everybody into thinking that they're actually using results on the field, not who they think is best. Which if, if they're going to use results on the field, Tennessee has to be number one. It's not even a debate. Tennessee has done more than anybody. Their resume is better than anybody's resume right now in college football. It's not even close. And I think they will be number one tonight. Now, what's your top ten? I'll go ten to uh, one. We'll start with USC at ten. I mean, come on. The defense is – I mean, an Alex Grinch defense, we're used to seeing that. With the, they shouldn't have let Arizona score that much and stay in it. Oregon at nine. Uh, Ole Miss will put them at eight. I really don't know what to do with Clemson, but here we are. I I kind of put them in this situation at seven because I think these teams above them can beat them if they went head-to-head. Following them at six is TCU. I think Bama can beat TCU and Clemson. I put them at five. My top four is Michigan, Georgia, and, man, can I have a tie for one? Tennessee and Ohio State. Ohio State, Tennessee, whatever order you want to put it in. But for for this purpose, I put Tennessee at two, Ohio State one. Okay, I've got UCLA 10. I've got Ole Miss 9. Oregon 8. Clemson 7. Alabama 6, even though I think Alabama would beat TCU. But I've got TCU 5. Michigan 4. Georgia 3. Ohio State 2. Tennessee number 1. Also receiving votes, I put Kansas State, UCLA, and Utah. Okay, yeah, so I've got Kansas State, USC. I'm just not sold on you. I mean – Eventually, I guess when everybody's got two losses, they're going to have to be there. What I'm just forty-five, thirty-seven against Arizona, really? I mean, that's just that's not it, man. There's already there's I've seen on the on the socials uh, there's already rumblings of oh the defense, the defense. Like man, that just it's just the same complaints wearing different school colors. Mm-hmm. And although you fans are responding with, you got what you got, man. We had to deal with it. It's your turn now. It's funny how that works. Kansas State. They're pushing for Grinch to get the Auburn job. <laughs> okay. You said it. So we're gonna take a break. Okay. I had that I had that trio of topics. We're talking Auburn next. Okay. Brian Harson fired. There's one name that's being bantied around, and I heard it talked about right here on these airwaves. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. We'll talk about it next. Skinny on sports, 98.1 FM. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise... We provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Wrapping up a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Rodney Skinner and the gang at Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. They've got the long-term care unit packaging, which is blister packs convenience packaging this is always the thing i love to highlight instead of having your pill caddy which if you don't know what that is you do know what it is you just didn't know it's called that 
It's like the the big plastic fishing lure looking deal that's got days of the week, and you got to load it up with your pills. Make sure you got the right ones and the right day with the right dosages, and don't mess any of that up. No, 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 no. Throw that thing away or start using it as, as a tackle box, <laughs> and you can do go down to Paul Jones Drug. They'll individually package your daily medication for you. It's convenient. You just open it up, take your pills, and you know uh, that uh, that it is exactly what it's supposed to be there uh, from Paul Jones Drug. As I mentioned, 809 North Main Street, Paul Jones Drug, is care you can trust right here in Elk City. Okay, Jared, Brian Harson gets fired at Auburn yesterday after about a year and a half on the job. First question, Auburn has a job. How, where is it? In your mind, it is um, always going to be in Alabama's shadow, but they've won how many national titles? Win one recently with, I mean, I say recent, twenty ten. Yeah, I mean, so they they you can win there, in in there's so it's not a bad thing to be in the in the shadow of Alabama because you can kind of ride that shit. Does that make sense? You can kind of, okay, we got to live up to their standards. we got to win at their standards, and I, they, they've done that. So it's a, it can be, I mean, you can win there, but if you don't, clearly as what, what we saw yesterday, they, they are very reactionary. They're very quick to pull the trigger on guys. We've seen that. They, they, they fire national championship coaches like it's nothing. So it depends on uh, – I mean, if you want to take a risk and try to go there, I mean, it can be a good job, but you have to win immediately. There's not a lot of patience there in the Plains. It's just not. Okay. I'm going to give you some, some numbers here. 73%, 68%, 64%, and 66%. You know what that was? No. The winning percentage of the last four coaches they fired before Brian Harson. Terry Bowden won 73%. See ya. Tommy Tupperville, 68%, including, I think, five in a row over Bama at one point. See ya. Gene Chizik, 63% and a national title two years later. Gus Malzahn, 66%. See ya. Now, Harson gets... A year and a half, he only won 42, 43%, so he's gone. It is – you're right. It, the people are nuts. They're just nuts. That tells me they don't care about winning percentage. They only care about competing for SEC titles, winning SEC beating titles. Beating Alabama. Beating Alabama and winning national titles. Think about if Harson could – it just – wasn't that – was that last year? It was last year where Bryce Young wins the Heisman on that drive – yeah. What ninety seven we, we watching yards. it together. Right yeah, right yeah. before Bedlam. Yeah. Yeah. What what's the difference if they can win that game? Is there one though? Great question. Would the trajectory have been different? Yeah. I, he would have had more time to get that winning percentage. I don't know up. if he would have. <laughs> I mean, they made up stories that Boosters made up stories over the summer about him having a relationship with the co ed. Not true. It was not true. They made it up. Trying to get him fired. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter who the next coach is. This is what's going to have to happen. And and, and probably before they before you even say yes to taking this job. You've got to go and you've got to meet with or, or get the, the influential boosters, whoever that is, down there, 
before you even take this job. And you got to set them down in a room with the AD and, and everybody, and you've got to you've got to tell the AD that you have to have my back, not these guys. These guys can't be the ones, you know, calling the plays or, or whatever. You know, the, the leave my team leave my team alone. I'm coaching them. You're not. Does anybody have the cojones to do that? Yeah, the Clint Eastwood, get off my get lawn. off my lawn. Yeah. That's right. This yeah. is my team. There's one guy that could have the cojones to do that. Who? And you mentioned it off air. Who? Dion Sanders. Dion, man, he he. The only way he's taking that job if it's on his terms, not theirs. Theirs being the boosters. I don't see he, it. He, I mean, he I, if he I, really wanted the job and he's hinted he'd listen to other jobs, not this one in particular. That's what if I'm if I'm Deion Sanders and I want to take that next level job and he clearly does he's said it and he then he that's you know I I've always been told a good interview in any job is when suddenly you're interviewing the interviewer mm-hmm. and so if he comes and goes listen you want me to have this job this is what I want or maybe he goes in gets interviewed they offer him go okay let me uh, counter here this is what's going to have to happen you want me to coach this team. This let me coach what, the team. Let me coach the team. Whoever it is is going to have to do that. Yeah. I, and I think that's the only guy that can do that. Now, there's going to be other names flowing around. Hugh Freeze. See, I think Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze is the obvious choice to me. <clears throat> and it's because, one, he's coached in that league. Two, he doesn't mind a little cheating. <laughs> and three, he has the skin. He has the Nick Saban skins on his wall with back-to-back wins at Ole Miss over Alabama. He's the obvious choice to me, yeah, Hugh not, Freeze. Yeah, not intimidated. He knows how to beat him. That's yeah. right. I mean, that's, I don't, uh, you know, the idea, I, I'm, I'm just afraid the idea of Deion Sanders is better than Deion Sanders. That makes sense? Yeah. And and also, it, it seems to me like he would work better in a bigger, in a big city. Deion? Yes. Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Uh, Arizona State in Phoenix. You know, Miami. Big places like that. He's, he seems like a Miami guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it's almost shocking he went to Florida State, right? Right. With the way that the U was. Yeah. The, 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 that U brand. I mean, he's like the perfect guy. But I've heard Rumble, or I just. If you're Matt Rule, you wouldn't even listen to the call, no, right? No, 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 no. I mean, you're not even listening to these. But like guys. Mark Stoops. He's comfortable he's with not Kentucky. Going there. Lane Kiffin? Give me a break. Lane I, Kiffin. I, Eiffel ain't leaving the Tennessee for move. Auburn. Lateral move. Yeah. No, it's a down, downgrade. <laughs> Everybody have a great day. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.